Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 252. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I'm joined this evening, just evening this this time, this evening by one Jacob Malicic. I've ceased to exist in multiple times in the same time or whatever. Uh, hello, well, everybody. Is it actually evening for you? It is. It is still oh. evening for me. We're, I'm only an hour behind you. Well... Uh, I don't know. You're in the Midwest. They might be like, oh, it's yeah, still... Yeah, the, the Midwest doesn't exist. I get it. Stupid people on the coast hate you so much. <laughs> We're more than a flyover uh, state. Well, so last episode was a hodgepodge episode. Like, little small bites. We were like, oh, here's a bunch of things that we're going to talk about that we haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to talk about in the past and aren't really large enough for their whole episode. And this this week, we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And they came out with the banner restricted list, which they made changes to the, the companion rule. And we were like, oh, okay, well, we can talk about that. We can talk about special actions. And then new on digital policy docs came out. Oh, okay, we can talk about those instead. And then some other bannings came out. We're like, oh, we're going to, oh, there's a lot to talk about. There is quite a bit to talk about. So rather than uh, going into all of that, in detail or isolating one bit in detail uh we decided to run it back uh kind of so we've got a, a bunch of different things we're going to hit on that are fresh and new hot off the presses for your magic judging needs so welcome to judge cast two old men sitting on their lawn complaining about kids these days kids these days <laughs> you know what we can also complain about the, the, the these things that the kids these days no longer get to play with yeah, uh, such as, in standard, Agent of Treachery and Fires of Invention. Two cards have been banned from standard. Agent of Treachery was a real bad news player in standard, making the format, in my opinion, not very fun. Some people were having fun with it, and I understand that and I respect that, but uh, I, don't. I think the format's better for not having I don't having respect the that they were having fun with it. That was an <laughs> awful card. Man, Brian. What? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I agree. I personally did not appreciate what Agent of Treachery was doing in the standard format. I am happy it's gone. Some people like to play different magic than me. They they do, and these these are people that somehow think that fun is... There's a static amount of fun, and in order for me to have fun playing the game, I must take fun away from others. Yeah, that does seem a bit aggressive to me. Yeah, And that is, that is how Agent of Treachery works. Fires of Invention just gave you 10 mana on turn 5, and, you know, that's also a problem. So maybe maybe not that yeah. one either. Maybe yeah. that was a bad decision. And they didn't exactly ban a bunch of cards, but they changed the way they worked. Oh, we're They're... not going to talk about these being put on timeout for Historic? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Old Man Wanders, my brain just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the same two cards, they're on timeout in Historic. They... they... They've been told to sit in a corner for a bit, and maybe if they're good and they don't make any noise, we'll let them back. But for now, Agent of Treachery Fires of Invention suspended from Historic. All right, sorry, go on. So they made a companion rule change. So if you remember, we talked a lot over an episode or two about companion. And so after those podcasts have been recorded, edited, posted for your listening pleasure, They've done and changed the rules. They had the audacity, the temerity to change the rule. 
which is not something that's happened very often. This is unprecedented, and actually, I'm kind of here for it, because I had opinions about Companion 2 after we'd had it yeah. in constructed formats. Yeah. So what is what was Companion, and what is it now? Well, what Companion was before was if you, you declared a Companion that told you different, like, new additional restrictions to build your deck with, and then, if you did that, and you declared at the start of the game, once in that game, you could cast that companion from your sideboard. Just straight from yep. sideboard to the stack. Yeah, you, you had a little buddy off to the side. Yep. Let you play sort of sort of a little little bit of a commander. You know, got to, yep. got to pretend that you had a commander in standard, or legacy, or... Modern. Whatever format of your choice where yes. companions are legal. Any place, uh, 93, 94, no, you couldn't. But otherwise, yeah. So that's what it was. Brian, what did they change it to? The part about the deck building restriction is still the same. The fact that it sits off in your sideboard is still the same. The fact that it it's like your hundred and air quotes hundred and first card in commander. That's all the same. The part that's not the same is casting it once per game from your sideboard and having it go on the stack and then resolve and be on the battlefield. Nope. None of that anymore. That was deemed too good. Which it was. It was. So now, instead, what you get to do is you get to pay three generic mana to put the companion card from your sideboard into your hand. And that so is it's, significantly it's, worse. It is significantly worse. So it's it's basically a tutor for a specific card for three generic mana that imposes a deck building restriction. But it's a special action, which is what, what's different about a special action. Like, there's tons of actions in the game. Why is, why is the, what makes this one special? Well, special actions are actually a category of actions. Uh, as, as you know, Brian, uh, special actions are it's a this. category of actions uh, that exist in the game. There, there are multiple things that qualify as a special action, such as playing a land, suspending a card from your hand that has the, the suspend ability, uh, turning a card face up using the morph ability. Uh, all of those are special actions. They're things that you need to have priority to do, but they don't use the stack, right? They're not an activated ability. What this functionally means is you can't in response. So if I were to pay the three to put a companion into my hand, my opponent can't be, well, in response, I do this. Right. Know, whatever, whatever this is. Nope. You got priority. In three mana, you can companion it up once per game. Anytime you could cast a sorcery. Uh, so during your main phase when its stack is empty. If you could cast a sorcery if it has flash that doesn't suddenly let you grab your companion from your sideboard at instant speed. Um, it's the main phase stack is empty is, is the rule. So one of, one of the things about special actions is the action itself controls the, the timing. Like playing a land is a special action. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't do that on your opponent's turn. Morphing is a special action. You can do that on your opponent's turn. Right. Uh, suspending, most cards with suspend, if I recall correctly, are sorceries. I think they all are. But if you quicken, you can suspend at instant speed because you could cast <laughs> it. Therefore, you can use the special action to suspend it. Yup. Yep. It, and you can do that other thing with the quicken, right? Yeah, you could do that other thing. We were not going to get in the weeds, though. We were going to quick hits and move on, right? Okay, that's for for those of you tweeted us, if you know what that other thing is with quicken and suspend. Just put a button in that. We will talk about special actions uh, sometime soon, yeah. most likely, and, and really get into the fun. Yeah. 
the next thing that we were going to talk about, so we talked about standard bannings, historic bannings, and a rules change. There were actually some other bannings this week. Uh, actually, two days ago, Wednesday, by the uh, time of this recording, which was kind of a surprise, kind of a welcome surprise that has generated some online conversations. There's buzz, for sure. Yeah, I'll be charitable and call it conversations. On June 10th, Wizards released an article called Depictions of Racism in Magic, where they basically said that, hey, there's some cards from back in Magic's past that are, what would you say, they're, they're, they're racist. They're either you know, they're... racist or culturally offensive is what the article says now. Yeah, and yep. they were questionable then and now with the with the climate the way it is is they're just they're they're right out i mean they were likely i would argue never really acceptable right but they had been riding inertia right effectively and most of the cards realistically and this is kind of my my opinion is wizards was kind of keeping their head down because these cards didn't see a whole lot of play in the formats that got a lot of attention talk about old school in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the cards that they that they've banned, the poster child probably is the card Invoke Prejudice. It's it's got a bad bad name, it's got a bad art, it's it got has, a bad artist. Yep. It has even, a lot of history about why this is a bad news card. Even its multiverse ID is got by, some issues. By some uh just uh, you could you could argue that like you could argue intent, but you could also argue that uh you know the dice were rolled in such a way or the numbers just happened to align to make its multiverse ID also a problem. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quote one of my favorite Star Trek characters, uh, just uh, for a fun villain, uh, Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Oh, I love Garrick. Yeah, where he says. I believe in coincidences. Coincidences happen every day, but I don't trust coincidences. Yes. And yeah, so they've they've banned the following uh it seven cards. Invoke Prejudice, Cleanse, Stone Throwing Devils, and again we're 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 giving the names because this information needs to get out. Uh Pradesh Gypsies, Jihad, Imprison, and Crusade. These cards represent a set of cards that have uh, either racist or or heavily cultural insensitive uh, connotations. And generally, it's some combination of the name, the art, the ability. You know, it's the total package. Like, if you look at, you know, I'll say, look at Cleanse and say it says, you know, destroy all black creatures. And it's like, okay, well, that might not necessarily be a problem, but when you tie it to the word cleanse, which has mm-hmm. other connotations, it becomes something that's maybe larger than the sum of its parts. And not in the way, that, not, larger in a bad way, right? Yeah. That's, that's not at all an acceptable thing to say, right? That Yes. Yeah. So what they've done in Gatherer is they've replaced those card images with the following statement. So we've removed uh, this card image from our database due to its racist depiction, text, or combination thereof. Racism in any form is unacceptable and has no place in our games nor anywhere else. Additionally, these cards will be banned in all sanctioned tournament play. Mm -hmm. And then they say they're going to 
continue to look at other cards. Like, so this was a first pass. There may or may not be others. Yep. That's all play at sanctioned event or all, yeah, all sanctioned play, right? No, mm -hmm. no matter what the format, you cannot play these cards legal. Yep. And EDH came around immediately, like a half an hour after this article went up, they had an article that said, Hey, we support this. We're banning these cards too. Yep. So officially banned in EDH as well. There's been some questions about, okay, what about unsanctioned for uh, unsanctioned tournaments? What if I'm playing an unsanctioned tournament at a magic fest? Uh, well, I, I think you can kind of predict how this is going to go. Like, I don't necessarily think that a tournament organizer is going to run an unsanctioned tournament at a magic fest and, and be like, Hey, you can, you can use those cards that, that have been banned for being racist. Right. I would be shocked if they allowed vendors to sell them, right? I would be shocked if they're allowed, right. e basically allowed in the room at all. If you're a player, and, and let's just talk at like these large events, and you're seeing an unsanctioned game where someone has one of these cards, and let's probably what'll happen is, is a player will bring it to your attention. Like, that, that's the most likely way you're going to find out. Uh, I'd say you handle this like you would handle any other banned card. And then let the TO know, because the TO may want to take further action. Right. Like, I, I don't think it's unreasonable for the tournament organizer to take further actions. But you, however, you as a, as a judge, you need to address the fact that they're playing with a banned card. The tournament organizer will probably want to take things a little further. And, and don't, don't forget also that uh, judges are supposed to be educators of, of uh, players and of each other. So feel free to inform them. Uh, as well, why that card is not legal to play. Uh, it's it's possible they don't know, right? Eh. Depending. Like, these are old enough cards, and I would feel like most people who have them are connected enough to be aware of this event that has happened, but you never know. If it's in a deck, it's in there on purpose, right? Right. And so that is likely where the, where the investigation is going to go. I just don't want to completely dismiss the possibility that someone could be playing this out of ignorance, right? Just not actually knowing yeah. that there's a problem. Uh, particularly right. like Crusade in 93, 94. Um, I mean, although people who are plugged into that format, I expect would know about this. Uh, yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The more I think about it, the more I think that the most likely case is that someone's trying to make a point and their point is they shouldn't be in the uh event venue anymore yeah the right like <laughs> crusade crusade's about the only card that actually saw any any play and it's the only card that's been printed in the last decade mm -hmm. um just play honor of the pure i know 90 93 94 which apparently there's been a lot of conversation that will again be charitable and call it a conversation uh, about it. Uh, about Honor of the is. Pure? Yeah. I think right now they're saying these cards are allowed, which I think is going to end up being a decision on the wrong side of history. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't see it going any other way for them. Right. So, yeah. So that is... Um, so here's something that we... Well, actually, I was going to segue into the next topic. Are we... Yeah, we we're good. We like the way to handle pushback from players is no, just get the TO involved. Uh because yeah. most likely that player's not gonna be there anymore. I just wanted to make sure we said it, but you said it way earlier, so Yeah, it's it's 
realist realistically they're they're the ones that are going to get to decide whether or not they want that person to remain in the building right and realistically if you're if you're playing some of these cards you 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 probably did it on purpose yep to get a re to get a reaction so that's actually probably something to be aware of is that if you are dealing with this situation, you are probably dealing with someone who is going to try and goad you into getting a specific reaction. Yep, for sure. That's like they're they're looking for a fight. Yeah, be be aware going in that that it's a trap. You're gonna you're gonna as a judge will be having to interface with the player, right? Uh to at least confirm. Yeah, that, yep, that's that card. Yep. yep, you're playing with that card on purpose and everything. Okay. Let's uh let's take you over here and have a conversation with uh with some so, folks. So that would be something that would be, you know, a, a policy penalty procedure guideline tournament rules type thing, which we have new IPG infraction procedure guide tournament rules for digital games. Hey, look at that. Oh. You know where it's impossible to play a band card? A digital game. It is. It is. So this is this was unexpected. Uh, I was not yeah. expecting. I was not even aware that these were being created, but it makes sense that they were. Yeah, when these dropped in the at the beginning of the week, I immediately messaged uh, Brian about it, being like, "Hey, look, maybe we should do this soon." Yeah. Meanwhile, I was at work where I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'll look at it later. It's a thing. It, it's a thing that exists. <laughs> I acknowledge it." Yep. I'm I'm having compile problems. I don't understand why my indexes aren't working and making my code run my SQL code run faster. Uh, which is exactly what I was doing. Optimizing SQL queries. I was I was slapping indexes all over the place. Just it was a spray and pray method of if you if you slap an index hard enough, is it cooked? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a deep pull. Yeah, thank you. That is that is a deep pull. Uh what's what's not a deep pull is the new No is um, the digital MTR. I, yeah, that's I, I got like halfway through that and I just pulled the ejection cord. There was no way to salvage that. <laughs> Brian Brian is jumping out of his plane. He has got a parachute. It's fine. I, We're good. Maybe not. So Judge Academy uh, made the announcement that they worked with Wizards of the Coast to create the Digital Infraction Procedure Guide and the Magic Tournament Rules, which is something that was needed because right now it's kind of the wild, wild west and we need something to codify. And so the announcement on the on the page says that Wizards is using them for their events that, that Wizards is running online. Uh, Wizards will use these documents to govern over regional player tour events, the Players Tour Finals, and the Mythic Invitational, and we encourage folks to adopt these documents for adjudicating digital tournaments using MTG Arena. Yep. Which is pretty big. Yeah, so they're saying we we are officially using these for those events, for the ones that Wizards has set out as part of the, uh, you know, competitive play schedule, uh, professional play schedule. But then is also saying, hey, if y'all are organizing MTG tournament or uh, MTG Melee tournaments on MTG Arena, maybe consider using these if they're competitive. Or for the MTR, even non-competitive events, right? MTR right. is for everything. Yeah, and one of the things that when when we look at these, they're for online events. There's not a whole lot of difference between what I would think philosophically for a jar, you know, like for regular rel events yeah. and and tournament rules, because 
arena handles most of the rules problems, which is, you know, kind of what the jar does anyway. So. Right, you can't you can't have a drawing extra cards or looking at extra cards right. or a, a, you know, accidentally flipped a deck over while shuffling it and, like, you can't, yeah. that doesn't exist, yeah. right? So, exactly. So these documents are currently hosted on the Judge Academy policy and documents page. They're not on the Wizards website, which I, I have I have a theory. That and it's a it's, demon. That's yeah. a demon. No, something Another <laughs> deep pull. Thanks. Uh, uh, Anya? Uh, no, the, the, I have a theory that it's a demon, dancing demon. No, oh, that was, right that there. was, uh, Sander. Willow's Sander girlfriend. starts that song off. Oh, oh no, yeah, Anya me, no, was the Giles. one that was, Giles, Giles starts that one off. Okay. Yeah. Anya was the one that was always saying it, it could bunnies. be bunnies. It could be yeah. bunnies, right? And she yeah. did, goes into her Alanis Morissette bit. Oof. I am, let's not go off on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I could talk for a very long time about that good, good show. From That'll be for, uh, tier three of the Patreon. Yeah, there we go. Um, so... My my speculation, my my theory is that Judge Academy can probably make changes and updates to these. With a brand new document, you're going to have lots of little... The existing infraction procedure guide has been refined over many, many years. Anytime you put out a new document, it's going to have quirks to it. And I think the reason why it's hosted on the Judge Academy site is that Judge Academy can make changes to their website faster than Watsy can. Mm-hmm. So that they can, so that they can be more responsive, especially in these these early days. Crawled over these documents with the finest of t- teethed combs. <laughs> Only <laughs> the finest teeth. In Only these the finest. Combs. Finest. <laughs> the tournament rules. So this document and the and the IPG actually kind of made me a little sad when I was looking at it because there's a lot of things that I kind of instinctively expected to be in these documents that aren't there. And the reason why they're not there is because you don't need them for a digital event. Right. Right. You, you know, what's your what's your electronic device policy for an online event? You should have one because otherwise you can't play. Well, well <laughs> right. Well, you don't have to say, like, you, you can't use devices that can connect to the Internet. So the document itself, the tournament rules, it says it's applicable to Magic, Magic Arena, MTG Arena. It doesn't say anything about MTGO. I'm not sure if that's an oversight or not, but it, it just says MTG Arena, which kind of makes sense because it's talking about like timeouts and, and stuff like that that apply to Arena. Mm-hmm. It breaks things down into online and LAN events, premiere, non-premiere, and a little bit with limited and constructed, although I don't think we're ready yet for limited Arena events. Yeah, the it it could happen, I think, sooner than, than I thought it was going to happen, actually, but yeah, for... for... Big organized limited arena events are not structures not really in place there yet, unless they're going to make it all draft, which that's something you can do digitally. That's a nightmare for for paper, but that would be really kind of cool. You know, have a couple, just have more rounds of drafting, like it's all day two, right? That'd be sweet. Yep. So this document is pretty much the tournament rule doc that we're familiar with, but everything's been slimmed down, like all the stuff that only happens in paper magic has been removed there's no section on tournament shortcuts there's no section on out of order sequencing or handling loops or anything like that uh one thing that kind of made me a little sad was where it talks about the the tournament participants and the tournament roles see where uh judges and scorekeepers were were rebranded as tournament admins Mm -hmm. and lead and uh and lead admins yes 
Yeah, like lead lead admin. The text is the same as scorekeeper, right? But uh, the floor judge role kind of got reduced, which eh, it's different, sense. right? You can't you can't do the same things on the quote floor of a digital event as you can on the floor of a paper event. It it's not the same, right? Your responsibilities are more you know they're more digital. Yeah. You know the the number of rules questions that you're going to have are a lot less. You know, you're not going to have, I can't find my seat type questions. You might have a, hey, I can't figure out, like, I didn't see the thing that told me who my opponent's going to be. Where do I see that? You might have those kinds of, of yeah. questions. Um, and you're having to interface with a chat, right? With a yep. Discord or what have you. But yeah, it's it's a different beast. The other things have a, have an online flair. So when it talks about, like, the pregame procedures, it's talking about... Whereas our normal pregame procedures, MTR, talks about shuffling and sideboarding and presenting and, you know, declaring who goes first. Well, in MTG Arena, it decides at random. So most of the pregame procedures are things like figuring out who your opponent is and setting it up to, to do a challenge match with them and getting the IDs and submitting your deck list if that's a thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just actually everything that you need to do before... Uh, game just like in paper only rather than it being find your seat sit down shuffle determine play draw it's find your opponent's id that you have to direct challenge them with and make sure the match is set up correctly and punch that in and yep talks about end of end of round is a little bit different normally we're used to you know at 50 minutes you start swooping for slips and when time is called they get the the five additional turns in end of round here, it just uses the MTG Arena challenge times, which is 30 minutes for each player. Yep. So it can't go more than an hour. Yep. It does uh, say that uh, the lead admin may ask judges to reach out if there's a match result not in after 50 minutes of round start to confirm they're still playing. There is that. And it is possible with two 30-minute clocks that, that that could happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's... I find that interesting because that might be a time where they don't really want to take time out of their match to respond because <laughs> they're each trying to. It should be pretty quick, though. Yeah. Where it's just like, hey, you guys still playing? Yeah. yeah. Why? Like the, the non-active no player, the non-active player just says, yeah, bye. And then bye. Yeah. It, it could simply be that that reach out is they might have stopped and just not reported a score. Yes, exactly. So yep. You get to some sometimes you're going to have open or closed deck list. So it talks a little bit about that. Opens probably best to prevent all the cheats questions you know, because you could possibly submit like a different deck, right? Uh, or play a different deck than the one that you submitted. You got a buddy in the tournament who played your opponent last round. They're like, "Oh, they're on this. You should probably play this version of your deck." Mm -hmm. That's terrible, but you know, yeah, yeah. And we're gonna talk a little bit more in the IPG section about outside assistance. Yep. But one neat thing that I noticed is. The types of information. So in Paper Magic, there's public information, private information, and derived information. In MTG Arena, there's no derived. There's not really any derived information. Just real quick, it's it's free derived and oh. private in the language of the uh, what, of the MTR. What did I say? Public, pr public, yeah, private. Pub yeah, because that's what okay. they're using. Public and private. Here. Yeah, I'm looking at the word and just said, yeah. Yep. What's public and private information in Arena? I mean, it's very simple. Public information is everything that arena shows you they've got an itemized list in the mtr it's not inclusive 
it says it includes but is not limited to or rather it's not exclusive right it doesn't include everything that is public uh so for example it talks about life totals counters a player has etc it doesn't say marked damage which arena also tells you so basically anything that arena is showing you you're entitled to see right you're entitled to that information private is everything else everything the client doesn't show you got it memorized so <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't show me the weather outside right uh, it doesn't show me the cards in my opponent's hand that i have not seen through another effect it doesn't show me cards that my opponent has scried that i have not seen right, right? and the, the game it, it sets up like derived information you would say like what's the power and toughness of that creature after they've cast a spell on it well arena fixes that it tells you what the derived information is yep it tells you about things like details of past game actions that still affect the game state. It tells you that. Right. Yep. Right. And you don't have to ask your opponent how many cards you got in your hand, because you can just mouse over and yep. figure that out. You can also find so, cards in deck much faster than you can in paper. Yes, you can. Yep. That was a really good thing, a really neat thing. Uh, I was a little sad, you know, no out-of-order sequencing. <laughs> I am thrilled that there's no loop handling. I kind of want that. I've I've wanted for a while because I love playing combo decks, as we discussed in the MTG Melee episode, where I had my moment of shame uh -huh. at the very end. I love combo decks, and not being able to effectively like hit a record button and sit and do some things, and then hit stop and then slam a number for an iteration of times I want to do that same thing. I'm. It makes me sad. I understand why it's not there, but it makes me sad. You want to write a, like, a, a macro? Yes, I want the ability to make loops via a macro. It's not... Yeah, well, see, turns out that using third-party software in, <laughs> to help you play MTG Arena is also something that's not allowed unless the tournament organizer specifically allows it. Correct. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, the TO will let you use your Visual Basic script. <laughs> I just want it within the client so that I don't have to use the VB script. And oh, that'd be so complicated, right? Because the because the opponent would be like, I want to interrupt. You know, they'd have to like watch the loop in pseudo slow motion. At yeah, some they point. just have a little prompt. Uh, your opponent has a loop. Do you, they have proposed a loop for this many iterations? We'll show you one. Do you wish to respond? And, and just then, a big F six appears, and right. you just is yep. that the the MTGO yield? I yield for everything. And the, button. the icon for the F6 is actually a post it note with F6 written on it in Sharpie. <laughs> this is perfect. It's a huge marketing opportunity. I really, really get people into your brand that way for Wizards of the Coast, if you're listening. Those are kind of the differences with the with the tournament rules. You know, wagering is still not allowed. Unsporting conduct is still not a thing. Outside assistance is still. No, unsporting you know, conduct is still a thing. Uh, it's yeah. just. But yeah. What'd I say? You said it's still not a thing. I, oh, I know what oh, you sorry. meant. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a thing. It's, it hasn't changed. Bribery is still there. Cheating is still bad. Although cheating is now includes exploiting bugs. Yep. Which is kind of funny because nowhere in any of these documents, that's the only reference to bugs. Yes. Currently, that is the only reference in the MTR and digital MTR and digital IPG yeah. uh, to bugs. So uh, it's cheating for you to purposely exploit a bug. But. If a bug just kind of happens to you, oh right. well. Right. In your favor or not, uh, there is no, there is nothing in the documents saying how to handle it either way, which to my mind means we go back to 
the the terms of service for the software, which is like it happens and you might get a refund. That's yeah. going to be tricky, though, because if we're talking about refunding uh, fees paid to a tournament organizer versus paying, you know, yeah. wizards for your yeah, you can't you can't gems. codify right. Uh, t- tournament organizer gives you a refund. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not going to happen. So replacing product has been uh, codified in the rules for you know if there's if there's damage. It's been product, suggested. So. Suggested. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. You're right. You right, you right. So let's talk about the digital IPG. Yeah, let's talk about the digital IPG. So much like the paper infraction procedure guide, this is how we're meant to handle situations of of bad things happening, right? Be they unintentional, be or be they purposeful. Got different uh, different types of infractions, different definitions of infractions and penalties, descriptions, the whole nine. It's just pared down, because you may notice looking at this, there's a whole section of the paper IPG that is just not there for the digital IPG. It's done gone missing. Yeah. Gameplay error is a gameplay error is a wall. And that's because, generally speaking, gameplay errors shouldn't happen. Because the the software takes care of making sure the rules of the game are being adhered to. You can't draw extra cards unless there's a bug. You can't look at cards you weren't supposed to look at unless there's a bug. You can't attack with the creature that you just played unless, unless there's, there's a bug. A bug. Uh, you can't <laughs> you can't block a creature with flying with a creature without flying or reach. You you get it. You get it, right? So assuming everything is working properly, game players won't happen. If gameplay errors quote unquote happen, they're not going to be the fault of the player unless the player is intentionally exploiting a known bug. There is no, there is no uh, gameplay error. What did I say? Gameplay error. Client is bugged with a penalty of asterisk shrug asterisk. Like there's, there's not that. Because <laughs> what do we do? Well, that would be that would be awesome. I just put. If it was just shrug emoji, just... if they're just if you know if you're taking suggestions, Judge Academy, uh, Wizards of the Coast, I think you know we could we could afford one line in the document to make people have a little bit more joy in their life. So, I was talking earlier <laughs> earlier today to Nicolette. Uh, I just had like one or two clarifying questions that I wanted I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. and one of the things I asked was, "Hey, so." If people are running through this and they know to, they they realize that there's an issue or a problem or something that's left out, uh, you guys are take gonna take feedback on that, right? She's like, absolutely, they want to make those documents mm-hmm. tight. Yep. So, absolutely, if you're reading this document and you go like, ah, oh, there's some section numbers that are wrong, or that sentence should have a period, you know, send that information to them. If you look at it and you're like, the definition of cheating has a hole in it that will allow a person to do this or your outside assistance stuff doesn't handle this particular situation. Right. Uh, they so. definitely, definitely take that feedback. And if it's something that can or should be incorporated, you know, obviously not, not, not all feedback is good feedback, but they will give it its due consideration and then put it in the document. If, if the, 
consideration warrants that. I mean, I've, we've already seen, so I've already seen based on feedback, I provided some changes in here. So it, it can happen to you too. live the dream, make the, be the change you want to see in the IPG. I, I was actually arguing with somebody today about one of the penalties in this doc. And they were looking at a version of the doc from two days ago, and I was looking at a version of the doc from today, and we were we were both correct given our version of the document, right. but the documents that we had uh, were different. So they are making updates and changes. Yep. Uh, in fact, and thankfully, same as the IPG, or skip. I'm skipping way ahead. All the way at the end, there's an appendix with the with version with versioning and information about version. Um. They don't say everything that has changed, so the change I'm aware of doesn't have, uh, you know, it doesn't have a note on it. So you can't just look at that to see everything that has changed. That was true of the uh, IPG as well, historically, that uh, the change list doesn't always capture everything. Um, that is a point of feedback I intend to to give as well, though, because I think if we if we can track changes, we really should. I'd probably give them like a month or two. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm not before... I'm not saying this has to be perfect now and I don't think anybody yeah. should be, you know, going for that, but incremental There's... improvement is great and I want to I want to yeah. applaud for it and push for. It. Yeah. Um, so phil- philosophical notable differences like starting out at the beginning, one thing I noticed that was kind of funny was the philosophy where it talks about like the hey the head judge can deviate for significant and exceptional circumstances. Yep. And then it listed some examples. Yep. Uh, th- those examples have been removed because, and I was reading the examples because they can't actually happen in turns. Like a table collapses in the middle yep. of the tournament. Yep. That That's not going to happen in a digital. And when you think about like the conditions that could happen that are that disruptive, you know, like let's say you're playing in a, in a, your house and these smoke detectors go off. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's just going to be tardiness now. That's not actually a disruption to the entire event. Right. That's just a disruption to you. And I guess you, as a player, have a responsibility in playing in a place that's not going to catch on fire. <laughs> responsibility I... is a strong term. We're <laughs> we we're, we're going to be sympathetic, but we that you know the tournament has to move forward, and we hope you're okay, right? But. Probably. If you lose a match of magic but save your life, um, have some if perspective. Think well, we're, we're if very you're glad coming you're... back, right? If you're coming, to, if you're coming back to the game and being like, "Hey, I'd like to re-enroll back in the tournament," yep. then it probably wasn't that significant of a fire. Uh, well, it depends. Anyway, um, one thing wow. on the, on the table collapsing thing. Remember that this uh, digital IPG also should, if I'm not mistaken, apply to those events where they have two people playing magic across from each other on a computer. And if the mm-hmm. table collapses in that case, I would potentially expect some cause for deviation. Yeah, yeah that's right. If it's a land thing yep. and the, the your table collapses. Or there's, okay, a, or there's a, a fire in that room and everyone has to vacate, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Right? So, fair. you know, in situations where the competitors are physically proximate, there are still analogous scenarios for deviation to what was there before but you I, you are correct that it's not exactly the same so the examples aren't there anymore because as like, written they didn't apply i i was actually really kind of happy that because this is all digital there's no sections there's no sections on randomizing library there's no sections on backing up there's no section on defining what a set is which makes me happy oh because... yes because you don't have to worry about any about of that. hidden card error the number of flowchart 
related infractions went from right. two to one, and the one yeah. is a lot like the one's not really flowcharty anymore. Deck the whole deck decklist problem thing is, if Pretty I'm not simple, mistaken, though. looking at it again, a little more streamlined. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's focus on the the penalties that are significantly different. Okay, so no gameplay errors. No period. gameplay errors, right? None. Uh, tardiness is a little bit different, but not significantly mm-hmm. different. It's just uh, philosophically, it's the same, but like it's it's either nothing, uh, it's a warning, or it's a match loss, right? We don't have that uh, game loss if it was a minute yes. and it's your after a minute and it's your second one. That's not in here. Right. Well, tur- tournament errors do well, tournament upgrade. errors do upgrade, right? So they still upgrade, right? So, but it's not a case where two minutes it's a game loss immediately, right? It's uh, any amount up to ten, up to but not including ten minutes is a warning, and if it's your second one, it's a game yeah. loss. So right? it's very very similar to F and M rules, yeah. where if you yes. show up late for your match, you know five minutes late, cool. Five minutes late can go on. Where if you're ten minutes late, you're kind of assumed to have conceded. Yes. Yep. And that's what that's what the match loss is. In this particular case, though, with F and M, you can you know you can do it a few times, probably not. But in a in a online event using the the digital uh, IPG, the second time you're late, that's a game loss. Yeah. Yep. The second time you're late by yes. The second time you're late for a warning. Right, and it can also be a game loss if you're just late by two minutes or whatever. What's that for the regular IPG? Oh, for the regular IPG. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the way a game loss is enforced in this is with the concession button. You're expected you, the player receiving the game loss, are expected to concede. And I can hear game. what you're. I can hear what you're saying. What if the player says, "Well, I refuse to concede. What are you gonna do about it?" That probably starts getting into like the unsporting conduct stuff. I you think? <laughs> I probably, maybe. I don't think Spoilers. it's explicitly called out there, but uh, yeah, right. So we'll we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um, uh, outside assistance is roughly philosophically the same as well. It's just that the potential for outside assistance is different. You have access mm-hmm. to things you wouldn't have had access to at a paper tournament because we can't ban electronic devices. You need those to play. Yeah. And, and they have to be able to connect to the internet. Yeah. So they they have this whole thing where you're referencing notes taken outside of their match. Um, I don't know how we're intending to enforce that, no but clue. it's in there. It's not legal. Yep. So I guess at LAN events, that's that's easier to enforce. If we're talking mm-hmm. remote events, um, we're not gonna cyber snoop on somebody's notepad plus plus file that seems like not a legal thing that we can do like i'm talking about the law legal right um but it is there so you know there are reports and an investigation turns out that this was done you know it is at bare minimum a match loss for outside assistance to look at your notes during a game that you made before that match started this is the clause that i i start having issues with where it says a player does any of the following solicits, acts on, or does not report directly receiving play advice from any persons outside the match. So that means I can't ask, if I'm playing the game, I can't ask you for help, I can't act on that help, and then if I, if someone just comes up and gives me help, because that's one of the differences with outside assistance. If I'm just sitting there, and then someone comes up and says like, oh, you should totally do this play, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I see what's in your hand. You should totally do that. That's an infraction on the the person only, not me. But you are supposed to call a judge in that situation. Well, yeah, and well, in that particular situation, the opponent's probably like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, right," and goes, <laughs> "You know, judge, hey, but, yeah, what the what the WTF?" In this particular case, it says you direct, you receive information, unsolicited information, and you don't report it. Right. Uh, that's okay. So I actually see kind of like an angle of where I give you unsolicited information in hopes that you don't report it. I mean, if you really want to be, um, if you really want to be a stickler for reading this, if somebody messages me with a play that they know is good against my current opponent, um, and I report it, but then act on it, I'm still guilty of outside assistance. I that's I don't... obviously not what this is saying. Yeah, right. That can't that's... be the universe that we're living in. That they can lock me out of play of play decisions just by giving me quote advice unquote unsolicited right um but i could flood you with with yeah. play advice right and then you have to spend time to report that i mean that seems like it would fall under an unsporting conduct as well that seems like harassment uh it, it would yep. but if i'm not a, a like you, we start getting into like all these weird things like I doubt that kind of thing is going to happen, right. except the one time that it will happen. Like, right? It's gonna happen once. But like, so so where I could see this happening in and being like reasonably innocent is somebody is streaming their competitive event, mm-hmm. right? And like happens to notice something in chat, like they didn't set up their delay or. They were supposed to have chat closed, and it pops up for whatever reason, and then they see the play advice, and they're supposed to then report that they got that immediately, right? There's a section in the MTR where it talks about streaming for TOs, and they are actually recommended to delay streaming by like two plus minutes to minimize that kind of thing. Yes. And you as a player probably want to protect yourself by doing something similar. Yep. So that people who are making, because, you know, chats on stream generally do like to talk through play lines uh, and and give play advice, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, yeah, to protect yourself this. from this being outside assistance, a, a delay, a significant delay seems prudent. But so examples, a player opens their opponent's live stream or official coverage of the event to see what cards their opponent has in hand. Ghosting is now illegal. Yeah. Yep, it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to prove. So that's gonna be yep. like new judge investigation skills that we're gonna have to figure out. Um, I mean, again, we're not gonna hack their system, but yep. yeah, uh, a player receives an unsolicited private message about cards in their opponent's hand and does not report. So it's not a bad thing to get the message. It's a bad, bad thing, thing to not, not tell anybody. Yep. And the the last example, Jacob. I'm sorry. A player in a land event uses a third party deck tracking app that has not been approved by the tournament organizer no vbs scripts for you but that that's a deck tracking app i don't care about yeah. that i just want to do loops just saying vbs <laughs> man none of, none, none, none of you it's not outside of, well no that probably does constitute outside assistance these yeah. are just examples they're not all encompassing yeah. uh slow play is kind of the same yeah uh but it's kind of got a the digital online feel which is you just 
taking a long time to perform your game actions. Yep. And they go into, like, look, most of the time, the timers are going to punish them for that anyway. Um, but the intentionally playing slowly to take advantage of a time limit is still a problem, so stalling still a thing as well. Um, and doing that thing where, you know, you you extend your timer after every action to try to infuriate your opponent's not okay. Right. Expected to complete your game actions in a reasonable amount of time. Again, I, these some of these investigations are going to kind of be tough. Yeah, because I don't know how, like, we, we unless judges are going to have the ability to observe matches, which I, you can't currently do on Arena without one of the players, like, inviting it, I think. Or maybe not at all. I know on Mitgo you can, right? Um... But if there if there becomes a spectator option on arena, then judges could potentially utilize, or excuse me, uh, tournament admins or whatever in the world they're called, <laughs> <laughs> uh, could potentially use that to, uh, you know, monitor a game where there's a slow play complaint uh, to, you know, verify the validity of said complaint and take the appropriate action of a warning, which if it's the second time, then becomes a game loss because these cho- these still upgrade. Yep. All right. What else? Uh... Uh, deck problems. So as I intimated earlier, uh, like deckless problem and deck problem. Remember how deck and deckless problem used to be one infraction? Remember mm-hmm. the halcyon days of deck and deckless problem being the same thing? They're the same thing again, only now it, instead of being called deck deckless problem, it's just called deck problems. So we've actually come full, full circle yeah. because before deckless problems and deck problems were one thing, they were two things. Wasn't it once three, like, at one point, yeah, wasn't you it like, like decklist warband error or something like that? Yeah, you had you had all sorts of crazy things, but, like, having lost sideboard was its own thing. Yeah. Like, it was an infraction to have lost your sideboard. <laughs> oh, boy. Talk about adding back. insult to injury. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm not talking about adding a card from outside of your deck to your deck in the form of insult to injury, that card from the Amonkhet book. But, uh... Talking about anyway, wow. deck problems. Um, so this is actually pared down from what you would like. So if you were to combine deckless problem and deck problem as they exist in the IPG right now and mash them together, this is a pared down version of what that entity would be. Okay, so it says either the deck list is illegal, right? Which remember you're submitting these deck lists potentially to uh to like MTG Melee through that. And whatnot, and it can turn out that it's not actually legal for the format you're intending to play, or the deck list doesn't match what you're playing. Right? Both of those are problems. Um, it gives some examples like they've listed a banned card. Obviously, Arena's not gonna let you play with a banned card. Um, but that's still, you know, an issue when you go to get started. You have too few cards in the deck list, um, but you actually do have the right number of cards. It's just some of your cards weren't listed, things like that, right? Um, or they wrote out the deck list and they've got storyline character names. That That is all still written as, you know, the ambiguous or unclear names uh, may allow a player to manipulate the contents of their deck. So truncated names of storyline characters, there's still that codicil, right, that you're allowed to have. You're allowed to say Sarkin if there's only a Sarkin, one Sarkin in the format. But if there's two Sarkins, you have to actually spell out which Sarkin on your deck list. Um... Then there is the the uh, head judge, which I guess is just another tournament admin 
in in the language of the MTR, the digital MTR. Well, no, the head judge is actually a separate role. They're the oh, they're the in final there arbiter judge, of all the penalties. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. You still right. have a head judge. Yeah, these documents are very new, so I'm still I'm still learning. Um, right, they're That's judge funny. slash tournament admin. They're a, they're actually a cross class between a judge and a tournament admin, and then head judges are just head judges. Um, so. Uh, they can choose not to issue the penalty. That's all the same. So that's all the same as, as what we had before. And the additional remedy is to fix the, if the deck list is illegal, fix the deck list to be legal to so remove illegal cards. And then you're going to add basic lands, uh, from plains, islands, swamp, mountain, or forest to reach the minimum number to reach, reach the minimum format number. If the list is legal, which means we have a deck issue. The deck doesn't match the deck list. You have to alter the deck to match the deck list. Um, if they can't, because they don't actually own the cards on Arena, then they add basics to their deck, and we alter the deck list to reflect it. So that's different, right? That's not what we do in a in a paper tournament. Um, except it kind of is. So like you could you can make a parallel that if I had these cards on my deck list and I don't physically have them for whatever reason now uh i can get replacements or we can we can replace them with basic lands and then if replacements are found later then we can add them in we don't have the replacements found later codicil in here but otherwise it it actually lines up in that sense you just have to it's not quite the same but it's similar so here's an interesting thing that i just looked at while we're doing all of this like in this particular case this is a game loss so we don't really necessarily well, actually I, I say this i don't actually know how the challenge feature works in this regard is while i'm fixing this deck list is the timer still going is my time still being consumed so uh the way it most likely would work is if it's found while you're playing i expect what will happen is will they'll say to go and fix it um because you're gonna you're gonna lose that game anyway, right? So we'll take sure. the time to fix it there. Then you'll concede to go to sideboarding if we if we have to um, make the new deck, right? So if we have to actually change the whole deck around, that's gonna have to be a situation where that match has to like close and then come back in once the once the fixes have been made, and then the player in question has to concede game one to apply the game loss or or concede the correct number of games if they were in game two and they had one game right what, I, what i'm what i'm getting at is there's no such thing as there's there's nothing in any of these documents that addresses a time extension correct there is no no mention of a time extension. so if you are the admin the floor admin and you get appealed and the head judge comes in by the language in the documents they have the 30 minutes on each of their timers to finish a match. Yeah. Uh, if that right. match had to be restarted and is in game three because of a deck problem uh, and it's a long, long, long slog and they use the full, like close to the full 30 on each timer, there's nothing in the documents that says that, you know, that right. effectively just... is their time extension, right? They get to start over, but they get, I guess they get more... I don't know doesn't address it at all like it's a it's it's ambiguous right yeah it doesn't it doesn't talk about um you could i guess what you could sort of read between the lines and go if we're restarting a match and then getting it to the right position they always get a time extension of an entire match's worth of time well, starting that's wherever they that's were. another thing that's not a 
necessarily addressed, right? Right. Like, if the head judge comes up and we have to restart the restart the match, and then we say, like, all right, well, you use 13 minutes of your 30 minutes, so your new timer is 17 minutes, wink. Or just figure, just track it yourself. That, something something like that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Right, it's not explicitly called out. So this is interesting, actually. It's not explicitly called out in-deck problems that, you know, we can discover this while a game's being played. Um, and then we have to alter it in the middle of that match, but we're only applying a game loss penalty. And that if we have to change the deck to match the deck list, we're, or, to, or not, even if we're like having to add basics or what have you, they're going to have to dip out of that match and start a new one, and none of that is explained in here. I, I, I think, like, obviously I figured out that that's what has to happen, but... Right, they've got a little bit of description of what you were talking about in the disconnect section. Right, and in the, like, maybe it's up in the penalties, and I'm just forgetting. No, didn't see it. If a loss does not end the match, the client is... No, because it doesn't talk about if you have to restart a match due yeah. to deck problem. Ah, that's hey, something you that's submit some feedback. to. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. We did it. We found a thing. <laughs> We're helping. We are helping. Uh so yeah, this is us noodling noodling through online. Yep. Or, so or you, you live. Guys are, y'all are getting the live reacts for the digital IPG. <laughs> <laughs> Not the live reacts. I've I've looked over this before, but as we're trying to, you know, touch on each of these things, we're discovering things. We're finding things. Right. Uh but so th- we spent enough time on deck problem. Right. Let's talk about a new <laughs> tournament my, this error. This is my favorite. Okay, what is this then? What is this? <laughs> no, you, you can talk about it. I just, like, tournament error disconnect is such a beautiful phrase. <laughs> I'm sorry. Failure, failure degree on reality. That's a disconnect, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a disconnect for sure. <laughs> All right, so what's the penalty for a disconnect? It used to, well, when this first came out, it was a warning. But now the penalty is varies, which... They didn't tell me how to apply varies up above, so I'm confused. Well, hold on. <laughs> Wasn't he one of the the bald guy from Game of Thrones? I have no knowledge of Game of Thrones. You're going to lose me on all of that right now. I was getting your 20-year-old Buffy <laughs> I know. sing-along I can't, reference. I can't be arsed to deal with anything recent. Uh... And I make a Game of Thrones <laughs> reference, and you blink at me? I... Look, I understand Game of Thrones is a very popular media property that I intend to consume someday, but let's just say I am uh I am gated to cons- to start my consumption of Game of Thrones behind a an arbitrary wall that I did not set. Um but I am honoring because I enjoy harmony in my life. Yeah, it's gated behind a wall? Yeah. Would it be like a giant ice wall? That's a Game of Thrones am reference. I, am I making another game? I know game that's of... a Game of Thrones reference, right? Right. All right. I, I understood that reference. I am, okay. I am okay, now thank Captain you. America. Thank you, Steve Rogers. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. This is just... So t- talk about tournament error section. disconnect and the penalty of varies. All right. Uh, a player loses... Okay, so the definition is a player loses connection to a game client in the middle of the game. Uh, or the player who has made contact with their opponent at the beginning of the round loses contact for a significant period of time. If a tournament official reaches out and does not get a response from a player, that player may be considered disconnected. With a capital D, you are disconnected. Uh, so with some examples, play uh, if you can't figure it out from the definition, a player during a game disconnects and reconnects to the game before running out of timeouts. 
okay, that makes sense. Yep. You know, you have like a little hiccup and you drop out of the game and you're able to get back in. Um, a play, a player checks in for their match, then says nothing to their opponent for 10 minutes. Okay. I guess that also means like they don't do anything either. Yeah. Cause you know, if you just don't talk then, but you're still playing. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And then a player loses power in the middle of a combat step. What a good example. <laughs> I so this infraction. So what is this? What does this mean? Where it says like the penalties vary, because those are all kind of different things. Like if I just if I disconnect and then reconnect after a few before I run out of timeouts, like I should be able to keep playing. Why is that? Why is that going to be a penalty? Well, it, it isn't, uh, and that's what? that's the whole meat of why it the penalty varies because we the under the additional remedy, it's actually talking about what penalty to apply. And it's circumstantial, or circumstantial, it's, it's conditional. It's based on what the nature of the disconnect was. So the, you know, for the, the part where you lost bits of a turn or lost timeouts during the disconnect, you don't get those back, and that's considered enough, right? We're not going to penalize you for slow play for disconnecting. Uh, so there's, that's no penalty. The damage has already been done, we're not going to do anything else. We're not going to give you a warning to, you know get a better internet connection right (laughs) no that when i first saw this error that's what i like in the back of my mind i have this comics comedy scenario where a judge contacts a player and saying so we're giving you a warning because your internet connection's not good enough (laughs) just have comcast i just like got sent into a fit of hysterics um (laughs) just laughing up a storm um uh if disconnect causes a player to lose the game in the client uh that game loss sticks so we're we're going to say that y- you lost that game due to your disconnect it's not a game loss penalty per se but it basically is um and it does it says this will require the match to be restarted if that game win would not have ended the match and that's because in arena if you lose a game due to due to disconnect due to due to timeout um it forfeits the whole match Okay, I was wondering yep. if that was the case. Yeah, so basically, okay. if if you're up a game in a best of three, and you disconnect, Arena is going to conclude your match in favor of your opponent. But if you're back, uh, then you'll have to restart the match and, you know, do the concede-concede. So only apply yeah. a game loss, not a match loss. Yep. Um, now, if you're disconnected for ten minutes... Any reason. Yeah, that's going to okay. be a match loss, for sure. Yes. Yep. Um, and then it says, yeah, to restart the match, players should challenge each other using the same method they did, and then manually concede games until the match door is correct. Just like you would do if you're having to restart a match to apply. So this is what I was talking about above, where I think that's what we're going to do for deck problem, but it's not spelled out. Um, and then disconnected players should get the choice of player draw, because effectively, it's the same thing as applying a game loss to that player for disconnecting right in in essence uh so they lost the most recent game they get play draw decision uh and then it says if we are nearing the end of the round uh judges may reach out to players in a match that has not been reported to confirm they're still playing if either of them responds uh the match is considered active if neither respond the match is going to become a double loss and a double loss is not one player loses twice like gets two match losses it's each player loses now it does say responds after a predetermined and published period of time With, this is going to be a little yeah. weird like i don't like it, i message you and then 
the the predetermined like, published period of time has to be with the details of the tournament. Like here's our here's our policy for this tournament. You got to respond within five minutes or ten minutes or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I guess yep. I can't. I, uh, so the that's weird. The predetermined but, published period of time is not spelled out here because it is they're allowing for it to vary by what what the organizer right. deems is appropriate. But here's the thing: I don't remember seeing in the tournament rules where it said that the TO is required to give that information. I don't think it is in the tournament rules. That might be why you didn't see it. Well, right. Well, what I'm getting what I'm getting at is here's a penalty here that says you've got to respond based on a predetermined and published period of time, but nowhere does it say that that is a responsibility of anybody to yep. to do. I I agree. That is an excellent point. So that definitely should be uh brought up cuz the yeah, within the the big list of things that a tournament organizer is responsible for, that should probably be there if we've yeah. got policy that directly needs that number to be set for the tournament yeah yep oh that's a weird number to do yep all right all right and the we already talked about 10 minutes or more match yep. loss same thing as if they were tardy so let's just glance glance over real quick the the unsporting conducts that are mostly the same right minor okay. is basically the same right well i was gonna go backwards real quick oh sure yeah so yeah. so cheating cheating is pretty much the same yep okay you just, with the additional, you can't use uh, exploits or bugs. Yep. Uh, stalling is still a thing. Theft of tournament materials. Sort of a land, at a LAN event, don't steal your opponent's computer. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Or stealing, still stealing a table number yep. is still a thing yep. at LANs. Yep. yep. Um, aggressive behavior is, you know, you can still threaten to hit another player, whether you're online or in person. You can still pull a chair out from another player if it's a LAN. Yep. You can't really pull the chair out from under them across the country. Unless but you you've can got threaten telekinesis. I would never stop. <laughs> um, player makes a threat against a judge. Okay, that's aggressive behavior. Bribery and wagering. Okay, sure, that's bad. We all know that. Improperly determining a winner. Sure. Yep. We we know those those rules. Then we get into the three unsporting conducts: major, minor, and moderate. New. A new challenger has emerged. Unsporting conduct, yeah, let's, moderate. Let's uh, so let's let's start peeling this onion back. I guess major, uh, USC major is pretty much the same. I mean, too, USC major is the same as far as I you're can tell. Harassing, harassing, threatening, bullying, stalking. Those are all using racial those slurs. Are all, yeah. Those are all strong words. Like it shouldn't be a question. Like if someone's harassing another person, it should not be. Well. You know, maybe let's see both sides. Yep. You know, it's no, it's pretty clear when yeah, someone's we, being harassed. We either end the match. That's the that's the for the player in question quote best case scenario. We end the match, or we disqualify them if they display no remorse after we've ended yep. the match. Yep. Or if they repeat right. the offense. Right. Minor similarly, I think is functionally identical to minor in paper, just from a cursory. Like it has some examples that are like talking about LAN events or, or in or chat, right? Direct messages. So Miner actually has an additional an additional phrase that doesn't exist in paper. Sure. And it it specifically has this extra sentence that says it may also include active and direct instances of rudeness to a particular individual that does not rise to the levels of unsporting conduct, moderate or major, which is kind of weird because when you when you look at like the other definitions we'll we'll circle back on that one just 
briefly. Right. So, because it's defined by the other two, so we have to know what the other two are. So let's let's talk about unsporting conduct moderate because it's the new one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's talking about it says a player takes directed action that disrupts the experience of an individual or targeted group of individuals in the tournament. Um, and then it goes on to say it includes insults that are not based on race, color, religion, national origin, age, gender, disability, or sexual orientation. So all of the ones that for unsporting conduct major says includes insults based on this is explicitly saying if it's one of those you you go to major you ignore this one that's major right but may otherwise be directed at one or more individuals right so it's and it may also include attempts to bait or provoke an opponent into other negative behaviors in order to cause them to earn a penalty so uh unsporting conduct goading i guess as well as directed insults that escalate somehow above general rudeness but aren't to the level of harassing or or being a for lack of a better way of putting it being a terrible thing to say that does not belong at a magic tournament period ever right so the the definition between moderate and and minor kind of gives you a little bit of a problem they both talk about directed actions yeah and it's it's kind of weird because it's like uh, moderate is a player takes a directed action, and in minor, and in minor, it says like they have taken a di- you know they have included an active and direct instance of rudeness. So I was like, well, that's also an action. But the examples kind of clarify things a little bit. For moderate is after losing a match, a player wishes harm on their opponent without threatening them. I hope you get hit by a bus. Right. Okay. Is I am wishing harm on you without threatening you. Okay, a player repeatedly insults an opponent, repeatedly insults an opponent in an attempt to provoke them into retaliation or distract them from gameplay. So, like, a single insult is going to be minor. However, repeated insults, yeah, you've, you've gotten into moderate. I, I guess for me, I don't understand how repeated insults don't become harassment. That's just where, maybe that's just where I'm sitting and I don't understand the distinction. Like, I'm not perfect, uh, so maybe there's something, some some fine line there I'm missing. But if I'm badgering my opponent with insults, that to me seems like I'm harassing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a line. I don't... Yeah, it's, so that that one's, hmm. I think, tricky to gauge, Um, and I'm not, like, I'm gonna be real. I'm not sure I actually fully grok when something is moderate and when something is major. And when something's well, I know when something is minor and when something is major. When those were the only two options, right, right, <laughs> right. Moderate being yeah. in here creates a muddying of the waters that I actually think is. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure we're going to consistently land <clears throat> on the same penalty from the same Agreed. judge at the same. You know, Agreed. from 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 a different judge for the same scenario, and that's not something I'm particularly comfortable with. We had about three or four months ago uh, with Brogan uh, an episode on USC, and one of the points that we agreed with was you get judges that are both too permissive mm-hmm. and too strict with USC. You've got some that there's something that should definitely be, you know, USC major, and they're like, ah, that's minor, or something that's minor, and they're like, ah, that's nothing. But then you've got other judges that take a look at something that's minor and like escalate it in their mind into something major. You've got you've got judges that go on both the stream, and really you need like a Goldilocks. It's just right, and this is this creates this takes 
that and slices it even thinner. If you sat down with some examples and you started trying to map them out, you could probably come up with a good litmus test. But other people sitting down with those same examples are going to fall a little bit differently. I mean, like I say, I'm reading B and I'm not envisioning a scenario where I won't interpret that as harassment, which pushes it the other way. So I, I I think I understand why the infraction exists. I guess I don't. So like, because there are some, some things that people will do in an online event that they might not otherwise do. And this lets us treat that as a game loss rather than jumping immediately to a match loss. But I'm not even sure that's right. Um, Right is, you know, this is, understand this is my personal opinion, not the opinions of Judge Academy or any other entities. My opinions are my own. Fair enough. And and USC, USC Minor has, where it talks about rudeness, one of the examples is a player is rude to their opponent via in-game chat or direct message. Right. The definition of rude also varies wildly it's like i can i can point out like if you give me an example of something i can say like that's rude that's not rude if i give you ask me to define it if i am right click good gaming my opponent on their turn before the game is done is that is that rude is that usc minor is that nothing yeah there there are people that think that's exceptionally rude right which means if I come to you and say, or if I come, if I go to the judge and it's like, Jacob was good gaming me before the game was over. Right. Or, or and, the, and the judge is like, okay, and? Then I, I pointed this and I was like, they were rude to me. Right. And now that judge has to have a conversation where it's like, I guess? Like, personally, having played a fair amount of Arena, when somebody does that to me, I get upset by it. Because I don't think, like... I, I, you know, it elicits a reaction, and I think sometimes it's intended to do so. So then, if it's intentional, if they're trying to goad me, is that now moderate? Is that a game loss to right-click GGs? Because at the same time, though, if I at a paper magic, I finish a match and I hold out my hand to shake your hand, and you're like, "No, that wasn't a good match," and then you don't shake my hand, like, "Oh, that player was rude." That player was rude. That player. But for not shaking your hand it's like is that, that is that, that just... is that minor is that a sporting conic minor yeah right? that's now now we have now we have a penalty that's a warning in online magic that, that would is, be nothing in paper that would magic? be nothing in paper magic i mean there's no direct analog to not shaking your hand in digital magic but, right but i understand what you're saying yeah so what we're we don't want to get too in the weeds on this we're we're approaching time where we should be uh yeah. trying to wrap up but Basically, what we're talking about, we're, we're going to finish talking about the new infraction, but uh, you, you may also be reading these and not fully understanding the distinctions, and I'm just going to say I'm right there with you, and I am hopeful that uh, continued engagement with the community, with, uh, with judges, will help us better understand what, this, what the implications of this are and what the clear delineations for these infractions are. It's going to have to marinate. Yeah, it needs needs a little bit of time to sit to get really spicy. <laughs> so we did we didn't get the third example, which is ex- complains excessively for unpornicotic moderate complains excessively at length in a post match or event wide chat about their opponent's luck and lack of play skill. So it's unpornicotic moderate for me to go in chat and say so and so my opponent last round got super lucky, can't believe they won, they're a terrible player, no business doing this. 
The document says okay. that's USC Montmartre. Well, hold on now. If all you do, this is one of the great things. It says it complains excessively and at length. If I just write like two sentences where I was like, my opponent's a big giant luck sack who's terrible. I didn't, and just end it there. Well, I didn't complain excessively or at length. Link. It, I complained. It is an example. I like if I, I know if I at the opponent in the Discord chat, the hundred percent. Like that's good. That's directed at them, right? And that's an I insult to say that they're bad at the game, <laughs> right? Right. But it's <laughs> at the same time, it's just like uh, yeah, I get, I get the way it's written. Yeah, but then the example is they've got to do it excessively, and I was like, well, if if a single instance of it counts, why have the word excessively and at length? Yeah, you know, yeah, like why is why is that an example? Well, unless unless the example is supposed to be so clearly like this is this is this is a trick that I I learned in writing the 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 annotated IPG. So sometimes when the border is kind of gray, you make the example really firmly in the middle of the penalty mm -hmm. to so that the example that you gave is completely unambiguous. Right. But then when you scale it back a little bit, suddenly you're like, eh, it's kind of hard to explain because I don't have a good definition. So I'm just going to make the example more extreme. So to remove any ambiguity from the example, I feel like that's what was done. <sighs> yeah. I, you're you're probably not but, wrong. But by adding excessively and at length, I completely avoid someone saying it's like the 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 ambiguity of that specific situation. It's just now that specific situation. It's clear. Anything around yep. that situation, it's oh like, yeah, it's not clear. <laughs> yeah. If I if I go excessively and at length, it's like, well, how long is at length before it becomes harassing? Right. Which is right. your question. Right. Yep. Right. Exactly so, to my point from earlier. Right. So if I if I trim this a little bit on the front end, is it is it minor and I add a little bit more on the back end, it becomes major? I don't maybe. So if you have determined that a player in your digital magic event, digital magic competitive event, is guilty of unsporting conduct moderate, um, they have to correct the problem immediately, most likely by not talking to their opponent. <laughs> <laughs> Subsequent unsporting conduct moderate infractions, even for different offenses, will result in a match loss. You get one game loss for this. Everything else is a match loss. And that's that same if, if a match loss is issued for repeated infractions and it occurs after a game is ended, it's acceptable to apply the penalty to the next game instead. Apply a match yep. loss penalty to the next game? I'm pretty sure that was supposed to say game loss, not match loss. And it was copy-pasted weirdly because a match loss just ends the match. So yeah, it must that's... be the end of a match apply it to the next match but that's not what's written here so that's another point of feedback to give them um yeah. that, that should yep, say yep. i'm confident that should say end of a match and next match yeah, probably um and then it if it finishes with judges at their at their discretion may require all further out of game conversations between affected players uh, i am assuming to take place with a judge present in the chat violations of this directive should be considered on sporting conduct major so if you say look anything you two say to each other now uh has to be in here where a judge can watch the language can watch what people are saying and if one of them dms the other one that's usc major according to this that's right. the new stuff yep clear as mud Absolutely. Yep. Just the clearest of the mud clears. So, 
That's the new digital IPG as it stands as of January or January. <laughs> Good night. It's been a long week. I might have said that already. As of June 12th, 2020. I mean, apparently it's been since as, January. As we said, this document has been evolving and will likely continue to evolve. So it's possible by the time this episode publishes, it already has changed from some of the things we're talking about here. If so, not intended to give you out-of-date information. Uh, so keep that in mind. Please, please seek out these documents if they're going to, when they're going to be relevant to you, and make sure you're aware of the current up-to-date language within them, uh, because that's going to be obviously the most accurate. That being said, this concludes our hodgepodge. Unless you have anything else to add before I take us out, Brian. There's dogs in M twenty, uh, twenty one. I am so happy that we have good. There's a dog and a cat, our best friends card, hey, and I love it hey. to pieces. And hey. I'm so happy. There's dogs. There's dogs. There's also not cats, hounds. Though. Yeah, they're not hounds they're, anymore. We they're not hounds. They're dogs. We we did the opposite of unleashing the hounds. We let the dogs out. Uh, is is what happened in magic. So, on behalf of Brian and myself, thank you very much for listening to Judgecast episode two hundred and fifty two. Hodgepodge Part 2, Hodgepodgey Boogaloo. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at judgecast. You can also uh, tweet at me on Twitter at botsrpeople2. R is the letter R. And you can also find us on Facebook. Search for Judgecast. You'll find us there. Uh, feel free to message us, reach out to us on any of those platforms. We would love to hear from you. Otherwise, uh, on behalf of Brian and me, thank you for listening, and uh, I'm Jacob Malicic. And I'm Brian Prilliman. Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter.